What's up, Lions? For as little as $5 a month, you can help this show to grow while also getting access to our exclusive Pride content, which includes shows like Conspiracy Corner, Degenerate Gamblers, Special Interviews, Lions of Liberty Roundtables, and much, much more. So check that out. Help us grow at lionsofliberty.com forward slash support. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. guys welcome to electric liberty land episode number 65 now you might be wondering why the hell am i playing rock and roll high school at the top of this here episode well let me tell you i'm gonna get into that (laughs) i'm gonna get into all of it because it all ties into this whole march for life bullshit that's been going on but first off before i get too deep This is episode 65, which means you can find all the show notes for today's episode at lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL65. And want to get in some quick plugs at the top of the show to remind you guys, if you're in LA, if you're in the LA area, we're going to be doing a fantastic meetup with uh, Jason Stapleton, with Dave Smith, part of the problem, uh, with me and Mark, of course. And uh, actually... The uh, I'm blanking on his first name because I get jackass, but he just was on the show on Monday. Wildstar, let's call him Wildstar, aka Cuball, the rapper who's running for governor in California. He's going to be there as well at a meetup in Los Angeles, actually in Hollywood. And uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny that we're this. This happens to be the the uh, collection of liberty minds somehow in this statist utopia that these, uh, these jerk-offs that, that live around here, surrounding us on all sides, assaulting our freedoms, have created. But we will be doing a meetup, so make sure you check out the show notes. You can RSVP to that if you're in the area. You do need a ticket. It's so free, so free, but you do need a ticket to get in. So that's going to be an awesome time. We're doing that this Saturday coming up on the 31st. So anyway, check that out. Uh, and I want to remind you guys to always check out Mark's show on Mondays. As I said, he had a, a great show this past Monday. And of course, Odie on Felony Fridays, John Odie Odermatt, looking at the criminal justice system. My God, had to turn it off last week because I was so pissed off sitting in my car listening to the story of this chick. Just a nice college girl working through school decides that, okay, you know what? She knows a guy. He gives her weed sometimes. She decides to give him some Adderall and gets busted and sent to prison. Gave him like two Adderall pills. Makes sense. Let's, why do we ruin a woman's life? Ruin a hardworking college student's life over Adderall pills during finals week. Makes perfect sense. So anyway, make sure you check that show out. All right, let's get into it. I'm already fired up. As you can tell, as always, I am fired up. But this God, this this week. Oh, God, this week. Let's just sum up what's happened in one week. So not only did we have 
a $1.3 trillion spending bill get dropped on the desks of everybody in the Senate uh, with, with 24 hours notice. Here you go. It's about 2,000 pages, guys. Enjoy. I'm sure there's no going to be any problems. I'm sure there's no no horse shit that's been slipped in between the pages. Um, do they do they earmark it? Do they put little, you know, like you fold the tab down on special parts of the book they really enjoyed so you could go back later? Did anybody do that with this omnibus spending bill to let us know where the crap is in it? No, probably not. So they dropped that on the table. We've got John Starving Walrus Bolton, as I have now nicknamed him, because the guy with his asinine mustache looks like a walrus that has been too stupid to be able to find its own food for years and is slowly starving to death. He's now leading Trump's foreign policy decisions. What a great decision. Let's replace McMaster, a guy who I didn't like to begin with because I thought he was too much of a Warhawk neocon. And now John Bolton is stepping in to replace him. What a world. What a world. Somebody dump water on my goddamn head so I can melt away like the Wicked Witch of the West because I don't want to live in this world any longer. So that was number two. That was strike number two. And then we got strike number three with with these uh, these little childrens, the little babes in the woods marching out there, being used as political tools of the left in this absolutely pathetic display of the March for Life. What a week. All the all this happened. All this happened since the last time you heard my voice. Can you believe it? Unless, well, unless you're a part of the pride and then, then you've heard my voice since then. You lucky, lucky cats and kittens. Our Degenerate Gamblers podcast, which I lost money this week because Duke and Kansas went overtime. Those schools can suck a dick. And if you went to those schools, I don't know you personally, but uh, you, know, you can suck a dick. Really pissed me off. Hate them both. All right, so let's get first things first. Let's <laughs> let's get to this, this March for Life shiz, shall we? Let's get into talking a little bit about these children. And let's, let's all remember, let's take a step back and remember these children who I don't want to take away what they've been through. They've been through a tough experience. Obviously, there was a, uh, a madman who was a former student that marched into their school and shot up the joint, killing many, many students, which, of course, a lot of that could have been stopped had the state, which, which these children want to protect them. These children think that they should take away all of our guns uh, and put them in the hands of the state. Let's not forget who let them down. Let's not forget that there was a, a armed police officer that was stationed at that school who sat outside and did nothing because he's a fucking coward. Let's not forget that the leadership and the police department is taking no responsibility for what happened. Let's not forget that throughout history, we have seen that the police cannot be counted on to protect you. And the police typically don't get there when something is happening. They get there after the fact. So it's very important that you be able to protect yourself or have someone in place that can protect you and whose sole goal is to protect you. As one would have expected, Scott Peterson, the officer who was armed during this shooting massacre, you would have expected him to do something. But these children have decided that they are going to willingly become puppets of the left. They are going to throw their hats in the ring. They're going to bask in the glory. Now, I, I, by the way, I can guarantee you this. 
working in PR, I know how the game works. I know how the machine churns. These kids are getting their rocks off because they're stupid and immature. They don't realize they're being used, and they think they're full of righteousness. They think they're they're leading a charge. They're going to change the world. They think that they're they're the ones who are actually in charge of the, of this movement, which is idiotic. They are being used and abused, and watching it unfold has been one of the most depressing and sad things I think I've ever watched in my entire life. And seeing this March for Life take place, seeing friends of mine, seeing family members of mine being trotted out and, and, and marching in this event, which they've been told is their generation taking control, has been pathetic. When you see children out there that are 8 to 10 to 12 to 14, they have no life experience. They've never, I mean, these kids, like I said, these kids were in a school where it got shot up, and yet they still want to put all of the guns in the, in the hands of the state that failed to protect them. But the 99.9999999% of children that are out there calling to tear away one of the basic rights that we are guaranteed and which is one of the most important things to maintain our freedom in this country, that being the Second Amendment, that they're out there saying that we need to rein this in and possibly even get rid of it like an, a certain asinine retired Supreme Court judge would like to see happen is just the height of ignorance. I mean, these children have never faced real adversity in their lives yet. I'm, and, and granted, there are children who have been through hard times. I work with an organization named CASA, stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates. The kids they worked with have been through some shit, man. I will tell you that. If you have some spare time and you want to donate your time to help kids, these are kids in foster care, they've been like abused, neglected, they've been beaten, they've been abandoned, they've been homeless. I mean, these kids have seen some tough times. Maybe those kids have had a gun in their face. And I bet those kids wish they had a gun to fire back. Because the majority of these children have never faced adversity. The majority of these children are advocating to tear away rights of something that they have no concept about. They don't understand it. And people are stopping. Like in our forum, a friend of Mark and I, he's, he's a member of the forum. I'm not going not to call his name out. But he's saying, well, you know, we should listen to these kids. And unless I'm, unless I'm having a focus group for a new breakfast cereal called Fucky Charms, I don't want to hear what they have to say. You know why? Because they're fucking kids. Children are stupid. Period. Unless you're a little, uh, little junior uh, Stephen Hawking out there and you jump to college at age 15, you're not smart. You're not there yet. Your brain isn't even developed. You've accomplished nothing in your life. You experienced nothing in your life. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You have no clue. I'm 38. I barely am past the threshold of knowing what the fuck I'm talking about. I think if you listen to this show enough, you know that is a fact. I mean, this reminds me of when I was talking about these people advocating for, for gun control and gun rights and all this other shit. These are the people that do this kind of shit. They're not people that actually need a gun. They're people that live in white, white castles. They're people who live in gated communities. They're people that, have, that don't experience the reasons you would want a gun. 
And I'm not talking about hunting. I'm talking about basic self-defense. I mean, God, I guarantee you, if you ask the people in Venezuela, hey, would you should be like a gun right now, maybe to, to have a chance against your government, they'd probably say, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Considering the fact that our dictator that is uh, pretending to be a president in these sham elections keeps imprisoning all of us, keeps uh, completely deflating the value or inflating the value of our currency to the point where it's completely worthless. How about uh, people in the Philippines? Philippines, you think they'd like some some arms to fight back against their president who's killing people in leaps and bounds, just piling the bodies up under any pretext he wants? And they're saying we should, yeah, we got to rein it in. We got to change. Yeah, little David Hogg. What an appropriate name for that skinny little piglet. Just that skinny little fuck doll is just eating and he's, he's skinny, but he's gorging himself at the trough of ego, at the trough of goddamn ignorance in forwarding this cause of the left. And all these people are propping them up. That's what I was trying to make the order. You know me, I get on tangents. But these people are going to regret this when they look back 20 years from now. You're going to be embarrassed to see the way you were used. To see the way you stood up there like a Nazi calling for people's rights to be stripped away and then giving a, a salute, holding your fist up in the air, this David Hogg video, this kid, this child. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. To think, to think that you have the right to tell other people that they can't have a firearm because of something that happened to you that is such a statistical anomaly that you're more likely to get killed on your bicycle than you are to get shot in the classroom. And by the way, no one likes to talk about this fact. This is from The Intercept, and I linked to this in the show notes page. Gun violence, mass shootings in schools has dropped. There were more mass shootings in schools in 1995 in the 90s than there are today. They've gone down, just as overall gun violence has gone down every year. But nobody wants to tell you that. Nobody wants to share that. Nobody wants to tell you that schools are far safer now than they used to be. A lot safer. And that all of this is purely taking advantage of a tragedy in order to push forward this horrible statist agenda, which is going to make slaves out of us all. And this is where, you know, it's funny. (laughs) John Odermatt's trying to get Killer Mike on his show, and I hope he does. But you know what? I'm sorry. I got to call Killer Mike out because Killer Mike's a rapper who was on an NRA TV video with another uh, another black uh, reporter they have over there who did segments. And Killer Mike is defending gun ownership, saying that he owns a gun. He wants his daughter to own a gun. He wants her to train more in ability to use a gun, to know what she's doing, to be able to defend herself as she should. They're a gun owning household. More black Americans should own guns. So he's defending your basic right. And he's saying, you know, these kids don't know what they're talking about. And he's right. And he goes on to make the point that if you want the fastest way for not only black Americans, but all Americans to go back into slavery, it is removing your access to firearms. That is your equalizer. I've said this a million times, but we have a million examples of a massive armed force that has all their helicopters and all their nukes and all their big bombs going against a armed and driven populace. And you know who comes out on top? The populace. Because we vastly outnumber them and because we want it more. There comes a point where the government says, this ain't worth it anymore. We're losing in Afghanistan right now. We're losing in, uh, in uh, Iran right now. We lost in Vietnam. 
How do we lose? Because you have an armed populace that knows the country that's willing to fight for it. And the government's not going to drop nuclear weapons on everything. They're not going to, I mean, you can have all that heavy military firepower you want, but you're not going to use it because then what are you going to reign over? A wasteland? You need the populace to pay your bills. You need the populace to give you any power. You need them to pay your goddamn taxes that you feed off of like the leech that you are. So to say that we should rein back gun rights in any way is just insulting. Insulting and stupid. And I'm watching this, you know, watching this March for Life. Like I said, I'm watching these stupid signs where people don't know what they're talking about. They're completely mislabeling things. Again, nobody still understands what the difference is between an assault rifle and an automatic weapon. They seem to still be interchangeable. It doesn't matter how many times we go through this. And you can't and you can't explain the difference or else it's called gunsplaining, according to the Washington Post. <laughs> Because, you know, explain, by the way, I love how nowadays, anytime you explain to somebody why they're wrong, they, it doesn't matter that you're right. It's just now you can't do that because it's condescending to the person to tell them why they're wrong. So it's uh, explaining, insert, insert here, dash splaining, whether it's mansplaining or gunsplaining or uh, liberty-splaining. You know, it doesn't matter. You're not allowed. It's it's politically incorrect now to explain to somebody why they're not right. <laughs> that's the that's the society we live in now. So anyway, you got little Nazi David Hogg up there, and I just couldn't help thinking of you know, this March for Life. It should have been called the March of the Wooden Soldiers. And there's a movie I used to love called The March of the Wooden Soldiers. It had Laurel and Hardy in it. If you're familiar with them, Laurel uh, Laurel and Hardy were one was a fat man with a Hitler mustache before. Uh, I think it was before Hitler was real big, I think. <laughs> before Hitler really splashed onto the scene, you know, with his song and dance. And then one guy was a skinnier, skinnier doofus. The fat Hitler guy, he was a little more clever. The doofus skinny guy, he was just kind of a knucklehead that followed him around. But they're in this place called Toyland uh, from the musical Babes in Toyland. So this was a, a take on it back in the 40s. And <laughs> I never forget, they had this little thing called a peewee. It was basically like a dried cat turd, and you'd uh, put it on the ground, you'd whack it with a stick, and then you'd hit it, and it would fly off like a boomerang, and then use it as a weapon. I guess that was their Second Amendment. But I'm watching this this March for Life. I'm watching these kids go out there and uh, and just get off. He's so high on the media attention they're getting. Because let's not forget, these kids really, they've been through some stuff, and uh, I'm sure they they think they believe what they want to believe. But really, this is just all about their ego. This is all about them being celebrities. They're children that are getting some excitement. They're getting attention. And if there's one thing we know, it's that children crave attention. So enjoy this attention, children. Enjoy being the tools of your masters. And that's where this March of the Wooden Soldiers comes to bear. Because this movie had the wooden soldiers, which were made by accident to be eight feet tall instead of their, their original size by these two bumbling doofuses, Lauren Hardy in the movie. And they wind them up, though. When they're under attack, they wind them up, and the wooden soldiers just march out blindly forward, marching forward. They just wind them, and they go. And that's what this reminded me of. You got these idiot babes, and you've got them just wound up. The left just winds them up, and they march blindly. They don't think about what it means. They don't think about the ramifications. They don't think about whether or not it's a basic right of society to have it. They don't think about any of this shit. They just march forward driven by the toy makers that control the left. And it is purely disgusting. 
What can we do to combat this? You might ask. Well, there's a there's one student that's a pro guns right rights uh, activist who is at that school. He's doing some good work. But really, I just think you just let it peter out. The more attention you give these kids, the more they're going to stick around. The closer that one little uh, little girl's going to shave her head, the more Nazi salutes David Hogg is going to give. God, what an unlikable face on that kid! Oh Jesus Christ! God, he's an unlikable child. But we just have to move along because it's, it doesn't matter. They're not going to rein in the Second Amendment rights. You can ban bump stocks. Go ahead. You know, ban, go ahead and ban a bump stock, man. But when there's more guns than people in this country, good luck. And people are crowing about this, that there were 100, or one, not 100, there were 1 million people. So they so they claim, which is, by the way, bullshit, because they were saying 850,000 people showed up at the March for Life in D.C. Meanwhile, an imaging company that actually takes the numbers based upon the photographic evidence puts it around 250. But they're claiming a million people are out marching for this to rein in <laughs> the Second Amendment. Now, considering the fact that America's got something like uh, 320 to 350 million, I haven't, I haven't Googled it recently, but it's over 300 million. We're talking about less than 1% of the population that's really fired up about this. So good luck with that, guys. Good luck with your 1% that's real fired up to rein in our basic Second Amendment rights that protect us from the government and allow us self-defense. Good luck, Dad, in our guns. Why don't you come get them? Why don't you see how it works out? Just so stupid. Such a waste of time. A waste of time, a waste of energy, a waste of media coverage. Media can't cover it enough. They can't bend over backwards enough to cover this. Goddamn shills. Shills for the state. Shills for control. Shills for completely being just authoritarian in every possible way. And they have no qualms of using little children to get their way, nor do all these parents marching out. And that's also just utterly disgusting to me. These parents that are brainwashing their children, indoctrinating them in the way that they think the world should be. It doesn't matter that they're children. It doesn't matter that they, they should be doing other things like playing, like letting their minds grow and being uh, intellectually curious. Because no, let's make sure to stunt that growth. What's worth, let me ask this. What's worth smoking or an overbearing parent that makes you go to fucking right for life marches and stymies your intellectual growth by putting you in a little box how about that? How about you let your children's brains expand in the ways that they need to expand and rather than painting them into a corner and then telling them to take a time out if they dare to challenge the dogma that you bring to bear, you pathetic fucks. Every goddamn person that brings their child out to one of these marches should frankly be brought up on child abuse charges. Just can't stand it. Babes in Toyland, man. Toyland, Toyland, brainwashed girls and boys land. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. My name is Dale Kearns, and I'm running for United States Senate in Pennsylvania as a libertarian. I'm a concerned citizen who has had enough. I work as a project manager for an electrical contractor in southeastern Pennsylvania. There I manage large commercial and industrial projects. I'm a husband and a father of two energetic little girls. I'm running to advocate for a society where my girls have more liberty, not less. Will you support our campaign? 
Unlike my competitors, I'm not a career politician. I don't have millionaire and billionaire donors. I'm running for Senate in Pennsylvania because I want to take the message to Washington that we want government out of our lives. Will you let me be your voice? Let me be the voice that says we will not walk quietly down the road to serfdom. The voice that says we need free market solutions. The voice that says we need to end the failed war on drugs. The voice who will fight for the forgotten man, non-violent offenders wasting away in prison, and addicts who are afraid to speak up and seek the help they need. We are seeking members for our campaign team. I encourage you to apply. We need donations to help us spread the message of liberty across the state. We can go on hoping for liberty to happen, or we can fight together. I hope you choose the latter and join me today. Find out more at DaleKearns.com. Paid for by Dale Kearns for Office. We are back with Electric Liberty Land, episode number 65, which means you can find it at lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL65. Now, I did promise I'd tell you what the hell I'm talking about this rock and roll high school. So in response to the fabled media created slash exaggerated myth of accelerated school shootings, one Pennsylvania school decided that their solution was going to be they were going to put a bucket of rocks in every classroom. <laughs> and that was going to be how children were going to defend themselves against armed attackers. Because, <laughs> you know, you don't want to give the teachers guns or anything like that. Which, by the way, they did a poll. That was the least popular option. I don't know why. I don't know why people are, they, they trust their children to go to school with teachers. All day, every day. And teachers are revered in our society. God forbid you attack a teacher's union. You will be pilloried. You'll be dragged in the streets, drawn and quartered by horses like the Romans did. And, uh, you know, you, you can't say shit. But we bring up the fact that, hey, why don't we give these very trusted, very revered members of our society that we trust with our children every day anyway, why don't we give them guns to protect these kids in case somebody comes in shooting at them Nope, everybody hates that idea. So instead, rocks. <laughs> hey, Bobby. Hey, put that gun down. I got a pretty big rock in here, and uh, a bunch of these kids, they have rock. Uh, they're not as big as my rock, because I'm the, I'm the teacher, so I have the biggest rock. But these kids also have smaller rocks. They're uh, probably between... I would say six to seven ounces. They're going to sting. When you get a rock thrown at you, it's going to sting at least a little bit. So you get out of here. You get out of here. Rock, rock, rock and roll high school. This is like a bad sitcom pitch. Fucking retarded. All right, but moving on. We've talked enough about the March for Life and, uh, and gun control, I think, for this episode. Let's get into a little bit of the omnibus spending bill. Uh, I mean... I haven't read it. <laughs> you know, the only person that has read it is Rand Paul. Because really, how can you read a 2,000 plus page bill that's dropped on your desk with 24 hours to vote on it? But good old hashtag Randy Pants. Guys, we got to bring back the hashtag Randy Pants. I'm saying it right now. You out there listeners, when you retweet this episode or you tweet about Rand Paul, you make sure you hashtag Randy Pants. He loves it. I love it. Your mom loves it. Everybody loves it. 
But Randy Pants stepped up. I wasn't sure he was going to because he was being wishy-washy. He was like, I don't know if I'm going to oppose it. But he tried to read it. I think he got through 90% of it. And he live tweeted it, which is great. Because not only did he get some press for that, rightfully, but he also gave us a little uh, insight into some of the shit in the bill, which, I mean, there was all the garbage you'd expect. There were obviously a ton of it's for military spending. There's stuff about funding the wall in there. There's stuff about funding uh, the Democrat special projects in there. Yeah, granted, there's no cuts to spending. It's a massive, massive spending bill that does nothing to rein in the national debt. Meanwhile, I love that <laughs> just for one second, I'm going to talk about these, these March for Lifers. These March for Lifers, they, they're raining in there. Like, oh, won't, somebody, won't somebody think of the children? Meanwhile, we're assuring that the children get completely screwed over and that our empire crashes in upon itself, the empire that is the United States, because we're going to just go into huge deficits to the point where we can no longer pay our bills, and that'll be that. That's the fall of the empire. Ron Paul's calling it. I'm going to call it. I think everybody's calling it. Because when you have people in Congress that don't give a flying fuck, when you've got Republicans controlling everything that is supposed to be the fiscally conservative arm of this monster, and they're pushing through bills that do absolutely nothing to rein in spending, what do you expect? There's nobody There's nobody at the controls anymore. There's nobody steering the ship. It's just like, it's like a freight train just running away. There's no stopping it now. I think Rand Paul even said that. There's no stopping it. They made a deal with the Democrats not to not to rein it in, not to say, hey, we're gonna we want to cut it down, but we'll meet you halfway. No, no, no. Nothing, of course not. No, they make a deal to make sure that the Republicans get funding for the military to keep the military industrial complex running strong, to keep make sure we keep killing people overseas in wars that we don't need to be fighting. Well, the Democrats are just peachy fucking keen with that, aren't they? They say, oh, sure, you can keep bombing people, but make sure we keep getting to keep keep our people on the welfare rolls. Make sure we keep our social spending up so they keep voting us at office. Make sure they don't take their goddamn mouth off the teat, not even for a second. Because then they might actually have a concept of what independence was. Maybe they'd actually learn to take care of themselves if we weren't there. We cannot allow that shit. Maybe the world would learn to take care of itself if America wasn't. Was it the, uh, what do they call it? The nation's police, a force for a global force for good as the Navy positions itself in its commercials, a global force for good, global nannies. So anyway, Rand's tweeting this thing out. He read quite a bit of it. This bill that nobody read, but him. And I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Cause what is there to say? It's done. It's in there. Until we have, you know, these gun control nuts, they want a new wave. They're saying, oh, you know, your time's up. Well, you know what? I'd like to see the time's up for people that are actually not not fiscally responsible. So that's what we really need to concentrate on. Let's get some fiscally responsible people in there. Otherwise, we're all going to be in the poorhouse soon enough. But here's what Rand's, my, my favorite treat, that my favorite treat, it is a treat. This is a Rand tweet treat. This, this gem. This is like the, the second tweet he sent out. It's so funny. So on page 207, 2,000 pages to go, reading about the never wasteful, or the ever wasteful, excuse me, $6 billion National Science Foundation. <laughs> Remember the 350000 the National Science Foundation spent asking if Japanese quail are more sexually promiscuous on cocaine? <laughs> I mean, granted, inquiring minds want to know. And, uh... I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to actually, I'm going to look up the result of that study because I'm, I'm actually very curious now, but, but it is a perfect example of the amount of wasteful 
spending that goes on. And this is the kind of stuff that's getting tacked onto this bill because no one's reading it. Everybody's earmarking. Everybody's pork bellying. It's just a, a ridiculous and insulting joke. And, and Trump's up there saying, I'm never going to sign one of these again. We'll say, well, you didn't have to sign this one, did you? Why did you sign this one? I mean, you are the state, right? Donald Trump has become the state. He has become the swamp. He's become everything we we hoped he wouldn't. And it's other than the tax cuts and the cuts to regulations, hopefully those keep going. But other than that, I'm finding a lot hard to like about Donald Trump. He's definitely fallen to the wayside as far as I'm concerned, as far as uh, what libertarians can take away from his presidency. To segue perfectly into the next topic, which is the zombie corpse of John Bolton has once again stuck a hand out of the grave, plunged it through the earth upwards into the air and snagged Donald Trump's leg with a death grip. Why does John Bolton keep getting jobs? Number one, he looks like an asshole. As I said, starving walrus should not be getting any job. When you can't even, when you don't have even enough, enough confidence in your face that you have to cover it with a giant mustache like that, why should I think you have enough confidence that I should believe you on foreign policy? Especially when you've been wrong every goddamn time. The Iraq War, John Bolton, huge cheerleader for that hugely supportive of getting us involved, getting us right in the middle of that shit, super supportive of them having all the weapons, super supportive of us going in there, getting in this quagmire, which we are still in the middle of. You know what else John Bolton's for? Getting us in a brand new quagmire with Iran. He wants to get rid of the whole Iran deal. The only good thing from Obama's tenure, he wants to get rid of that. He's more than happy to get us in a war with them. He's also more than happy with a preemptive strike against North Korea. John Bolton wrote in a Wall Street Journal essay in February about possible preemptive action, saying that it's perfectly responsible, excuse me, perfectly legitimate for the United States to respond to the current necessity posed by North Korea's nuclear weapons by striking first. So John Bolton does not give a shit about the people of North Korea that are going to die immediately, about our troops in, or excuse me, in South Korea that are going to die immediately, nor the people of North Korea, obviously, who we've already been starving to death by our sanctions. Now, Kim Jong-un does plenty of that on his own, but our sanctions are certainly helping. Never mind that we're, we're finally getting peace talks between the nations. Things are moving away. So why would you put John Bolton in there who wants to blow them up? Who is more than happy to have a preemptive strike against them, which I've already discussed on this show before would simply result in missiles hitting a fortified mountain stronghold, doing nothing and accomplishing nothing. It would not take out the nuclear capabilities. It would not take out their armaments because their armaments are all buried within mountain tunnels, which have been built over the years because the North Koreans know that there's animosity from the United States. So they've prepared. So, All that's going to happen if you do a preemptive strike is that they're going to strike immediately with all of the artillery that's pointed straight at Seoul. They're going to devastate Seoul. They're going to kill the 40,000 American troops over there, and they're going to kill some, I'm going to say, 10 million South Koreans for no reason. Great strategy, John. Great strategy, you starving walrus motherfucker. Well, let's go ahead and do that. 
Meanwhile, things with Iran have been moving ahead pretty pretty solidly, but let's fuck that up too, right? Why not? While we're at it. He still thinks the Iraq war wasn't a mistake. <laughs> he says that overthrowing Saddam Hussein, uh, Saddam Hussein was not a mistake. Meanwhile, never mind that it completely decentralized the region. Never mind that the United States is still over there. Never mind that the rise of Al-Qaeda, the rise of the Taliban, the rise of all of these terrorist organizations coincided with Saddam Hussein's falling because he kept those completely rabid animals in check. But, you know, it's great that, that he's out there because, you know, he was a meanie and we didn't like him. And, of course, the last thing John Bolton believes is that Russia should be dealt with severely. And that he believes Russian interference in the 2016 election is a, quote, true act of war and one Washington will never tolerate. So to recap, to date, there have been 10 indictments against Russian hackers for buying Facebook ads and and various other ridiculous things like having Hillary Clinton uh, cages made up. That's considered an act of war now. Because I'd consider that trolling for the most part, personally. I just, I, I don't understand how Trump can put this man in place and respect anyone, especially his base. Maybe that's why he needs this wall so badly, why it's had to be involved in this, in this spending bill, why he's now stumping for the military to pay for the wall. Because there's one thing he still has, it's this wall. It's immigration. That's the only thing he has left for his base. Because you've reneged on this promise to keep us out from from regime change if you're putting John Bolton in a position. If you're listening to him, John Bolton's a madman. John Bolton is Hillary Clinton with a bigger mustache and better suits. I mean, my God, he's put in Pompeo, or Pompeo, whatever you say, uh, with the you know, former head of the CIA, a man who was completely complicit, a war hawk, and, and completely complicit in the deep state. Gina Hasley, or Haslett, or whatever the hell her name is, Halsey, a woman who's a big fan of torture sites, a big fan of black sites, a big fan of all sorts of nefarious CIA underhanded actions as the head of the CIA, a career deep stater, slide her in there, and now John Bolton has taken over? I... I mean, this is this is who you're bringing in as your as your right hand man, as your closest advisor on foreign policy. It's just depressing. It's been a depressing, depressing week, guys. <laughs> I mean, shit. I don't know what else you can say about it because I mean, it's just the worst possible appointment. I don't think you could pull a name out that would have been worse than this. There is no name worse than this, apart from Hillary Clinton herself. And really, there ain't much difference between John Bolton and Hillary Clinton. Ah, well, you know what? Let's end this episode on a little bit of a high note. How about that? Because hell done froze over. Mitch McConnell, the great Satan himself, Mitch McConnell has actually done something right. Yeah, old Mitchie has introduced a bill that would legalize hemp as an agricultural product. It's a, a thing that you think would have happened decades ago, a, a product that has a million and one uses. 
It's a, it's amazing. It's like lemons. What can't you use lemons for? They clean. They flavor. You can squirt them in eyes for self-defense. That school should put buckets of lemons in the classroom. Side note, when I was really drunk many years ago, before my eyes got ruined from staring at a computer, I used to squeeze lemon juice in my eyes to sober up. Try it. Your friend Brian says, it's a gold mine. No, really, I did do that. It really, really hurts. But it does sober you up. Um, you know, being in intense pain has a way of doing that. Anyway, back to Mitchy Pants. So Mitch has introduced the Hemp Farming Act of 2018, which would legalize hemp, removing it from a federal list of controlled substances and allowing it to be sold as an agricultural commodity. Now, this is huge. I mean, I, really, you can't overstate this enough. If hemp were legalized as an agricultural product, you would see so much industry built around it. I mean, you want to talk about a way to revitalize and create jobs in this country? Hemp production is the way to do it because not only do you get it from farming, not only get it from uh, the agricultural aspects of it, not only do you get a boost from people getting working the sales aspects and international trade aspects, but you also get all of these companies coming in that are working within the textile industries, that are working within working with rope, working within uh, hell. I don't even know how many other things you do. Putting it in, you can probably put it in a juice, whatever. Make it into clothes, make it into carpets, make it into fabrics, make it into uh, furniture, make it into whatever you want to make it into. The applications are virtually endless for it. Shit, I wouldn't even be surprised if it turned into a fuel source. So introducing this is a huge step in the right direction as far as getting just barriers that exist because of a tangential relationship to a narcotic out of the way and saying, realistically... Can we at least take a step back from this and realize just how dumb we've been and just how much we're shooting ourselves in the foot? Not only that, but this also would be a step towards legalizing marijuana. I know, I just said you don't want to make that link, but that link does exist very strongly as far as government's concerned. So you get that out of the way, maybe we're one step closer to being being this a completely legalized marijuana society. That's an end, another boost to industry. Get it out of the way. Another step in the right direction for personal freedom. Another attack against the drug war. Hopefully will rebound, result in people getting freed and let out of jail for the crazy prison sentences, reuniting families. We can get rid of the federal uh, the federal arrest records on people's, people's permanent records to allow them to get jobs again. All sorts of fallout from this would be a wonderful, wonderful thing. So for once, Mitch McConnell, I'll say this once. Good job. I almost threw up on my mouth a little bit saying it, but you deserve it this time, Mitch. All right, guys, that's it. I'm going to wrap this show up a little bit shorter this episode. Uh, I got a lot going on, guys. I'm going to Japan in a week, so I'm going to be pre-recording my next episode a few days early. We'll see what shakes out. I'll put that together, and then I'm going to be doing a very special libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor episode where we're going to take some questions from our uh, our pride members to answer on the podcast i know it's going to be at least me jb and howie and we'll probably add one more in there but that'll air the second week while i'm in japan and we'll see what wacky tales i bring back from the uh, the land of the orient so that'll be a fun time and uh, i will miss you all but don't worry you'll still get your your weekly dose of the old mcwillams all right, guys. So I do want to remind you at the end of the show, as I always do, you can support this podcast. You can support the pride where you can send me questions to answer on, on uh, libertarians and living rooms drinking liquor by going to lionsofliberty.com forward slash support. 
You can support us by buying a t-shirt, which, if you'll recall, I have promised. Maybe I didn't promise it on the show, but I am promising that when we go to Porkfest, which we will be going to, we're doing. Uh, I'm doing an uh, Electric Liberty Land there live. We're doing doing. <laughs> we're going to. We're going to be doing a drinking podcast wherein we're doing the whiskey challenge. Three on three, three lines of liberty versus three lines of liberty. Who can finish a handle of whiskey first? Live at Porkfest. Going to be recording that podcast and putting it out. It's going to be all sorts of awesome things. And of course, playing Eric July and backwards in basketball. Three on three, me, Rico, and John Odermatt. We're going to win. Anyway, <laughs> I have promised and pledged that anyone that comes up and talks to me at Porkfest that is not wearing a Lions of Liberty t-shirt gets immediately spit on. It might be in your face. It might be on your groin. I don't know, but you're getting spit on. So make sure you get a Lions of Liberty t-shirt. You can go to lionsofliberty.store. Go and uh, go and grab one for yourself there. And of course, follow us on our socials. You can join our Lions of Liberty Facebook forum. Just type in Lions of Liberty forum. It'll pop right up. Say you heard about it here from me, Brian McWilliams, your old pal. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Lions of Liberty. Follow me at Brian McWilliams. That's about it. Eh. <laughs> we'll wrap it there. All right, guys. So from Lions of Liberty, from me, Brian McWilliams, your loving host, and from Electric Liberty Land, always stay plugged in to Liberty. And hopefully I'll see some of you in Hollywood this Saturday. <laughs> <laughs>